0: Hi I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 103 of my podcast Beekeeping Short and Sweet. My beekeeping continues despite the challenges of the coronavirus outbreak. Listen in to catch up with my latest challenges as we head into the new season. short and sweet. A beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm grateful to Honeypour Hives for sponsoring in part our podcast for this season. Honeypoor Hives, as I'm sure you're aware, are poly langstroth hives and we're setting up an apiary full of their hives this season, courtesy of Honeypour. Check out their range of hives and other equipment on their website and I'll leave links to all of the websites in the show notes as usual. Honeypore Hives, designed by beekeepers for beekeepers. It seems that human nature, or rather the trait of self-interest, has driven an awful lot of people into panic buying recently. I've been amazed at how many people suddenly seem to have panicked and pretty much emptied all the supermarkets here in the UK. Surely there's only so much food that you can store, hoard and eat. For my part, I've tried to carry on as normal, and in that I mean we haven't rushed out and bought loads of essentials. I think I have something like nine toilet rolls, eight tins of tomatoes, one, maybe one and a half kilos of pasta, and a few bags of flour to make my own bread. I should say there are other tins in the cupboard. I'm not just eating tomatoes and pasta. Uh, These days, I'm kind of vegan, uh, a vegan beekeeper. Now, there's an oddity. I've been vegetarian for a few years, but more recently stopped eating cheese. Mainly, I have to say, in an attempt to lose weight. And that has just developed into not eating eggs either. And so for the most part, I'm vegan. Now, that's not to say I won't turn away a nice slice of chocolate cake if you happen to have made one for me that has eggs and butter in it. Some time ago I watched a film called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle and the characters in it are like computer game characters with strengths and weaknesses and one of them has cake listed as a weakness and that to me seems perfectly acceptable as I think it's one of my weaknesses too. Anyway back to the point there's more than enough food to go round, so I'm sure once the crazies have filled all of their rooms to the ceiling with toilet rolls and pasta, we should all be able to get into the shops and buy what we want again. Luckily, most of the vegan products went untouched. Great time to be vegan, it seems. So this week, apart from keeping up with the latest coronavirus news, I've been keeping socially distanced from everyone at the workshop, and two metres is quite a distance, particularly when you measure it on a tape and poke it into Pete's chest to make sure he stays an appropriate distance away. But it is so easy to forget and a couple of videos recently where Pete has helped out, we got a little bit closer than we should have really, so I have to go into lockdown mode. That means giving Pete plenty of jobs to do in the workshop and me keeping my distance. His wife seems to appreciate it too, keeping him out of the house for most of the day, is a godsend, she tells me. Pete lives about 30 metres away from the workshop, so he's on site, really. We've been really busy this past week, and that's going to continue into next week. And as a food producer, I'm pretty sure that I can continue to work. I mostly work on my own anyway, so I don't think it will be an issue. We've had to change the plans for the hive stands, The design for Pete's pallet stand just wouldn't come together, so we've reverted to a more traditional stand. The timber was actually delivered earlier this week, so I'm hopeful we can get the stands made in time for the oilseed rape move. The plan is to move the bees around the weekend of next week. By the time the podcast comes out, we should have the stands ready And so fingers crossed that next week I'll be reporting on preparations for moving bees if we haven't already started. I'm working to get as many videos produced as possible. I know it's an important time for everyone with decisions needed to be made on a range of beekeeping tasks. Moving bees to new locations, such as fields of oilseed rape, such as I'm doing. But also when to start adding queen excluders and supers swapping out old equipment for new, such as floors and brood bodies for a spring clean, and maybe swapping supers that have been placed under brood boxes over winter and placing them back on top of the queen excluders and brood boxes. You might be looking forward to receiving your very first nucleus colony and wondering about the process involved, particularly if you have someone lined up to help and now you're looking at having to manage the process all on your own. Well hopefully today I can help answer some of these questions and offer some support via my Patreon page should you need to have direct access to be able to talk through any beekeeping processes that you're worried about. One of the biggest questions I get asked at this time of the year is can I inspect my colony yet? Beginner beekeepers and the more experienced among us get through the winter months and feel a little warm sunshine on our faces and leap for the smoker and hive tools but I'm here to disappoint unfortunately. One of the biggest mistakes you can make in beekeeping is inspecting your honeybees too early. It might feel quite warm in the sunshine but at this time of the year there's always a chilly breeze blowing and it can really cause some major issues for some colonies. As with most things in beekeeping, location is important, the type of bees you have is important and your skill level is important. Frugal native bees inspected at midday in a sheltered spot in bright warm sunshine by a beekeeper with confidence and ability will take no harm at all, probably. Italian warmth loving bees inspected at 10am with a chilly breeze blowing by a first year beekeeper intent on finding the queen and being unable to see eggs is definitely going to do more harm than good. So be honest with yourself and decide if you have the knowledge and skills to get in and out in less than five minutes, that you know what you're looking for and can make an assessment of what's going on in that time. Even then, I might advise caution. Several things can go wrong at this time of the year. Let's start with the catastrophic. You accidentally squash your queen when moving some frames. It's likely at this time of the year the colony will be unable to produce a decent queen that will get mated properly. It's possible but the odds are against you. I'm speaking specifically about being here in Norfolk in the UK. Depending on your climate you might be fine. For example in gardening terms I'm at a latitude of 52.6 and the USDA plant hardiness zones of approximately 8a and 8b. That in itself doesn't mean if you're in the same zone or latitude you can follow exactly what I'm doing, but it does give you an idea of where we sit here in Norwich. Issues that can occur because of inspecting colonies too early fall into two categories really, pests and diseases and the physical demands on the bees. But of course the two are totally intertwined. In terms of pests and diseases, if a colony is weakened by any form of pest or disease, subjecting them to a chilly blast is not going to do them any favours at all. So if a colony is struggling to build up because of SEMA and the bees are generally weakened, a sudden reduction in colony temperature is going to mean that they have to work extra hard to bring the cluster back up to temperature. And believe me when I say that this week the bees will be clustering again. Overnight temperatures are causing ground frosts here and unless hives get a good blast of spring sunshine, they will barely make it to being warm enough to break cluster during the day. So a colony weakened by disease is heading for a major problem if they then have to try to increase the temperature by a dozen degrees or so. Inspecting colonies early in the spring can also lead to an outbreak of chalk brood. Chalk brood is a fungal infection which seems to enjoy cooler conditions. I found this out to my cost last year when a couple of colonies over at the oilseed rape developed really bad chalk brood and took most of the spring to recover. Once the weather warms up, and probably more importantly the overnight temperatures increase, it seems in some colonies to disappear completely. The other major problem caused by prolonged inspections in these chilly winds is chilled brood. Remember, the brood nest is a warm, protected environment for those very young larvae to develop and grow, If you subject them to cold conditions for a prolonged period of time, the worker bees will find it really difficult to bring the brood nest back up to temperature and those larvae are likely to perish. Not only do you kill perfectly healthy larvae, you're also reducing the ability of the colony to grow as dead larvae mean fewer bees able to emerge in the spring to help with the workload so I would recommend not inspecting just yet. We're in the last week of March, April next week, and you'll find conditions will change dramatically from day to day. Sometime soon, over the next two or three weeks, you'll find a gloriously warm day that will allow you to start inspecting your bees, but do wait until the wind direction has changed and it's coming from the south rather than the north or east. That's also the time to start with some of the spring cleaning, and work involved in getting the hives ready for the spring flow. If you've placed a super beneath the brood box, this is the time to remove it and put it above the queen excluder and brood box again. You'll probably find it's empty, but occasionally you might find the queen has laid some eggs in it. This isn't a problem. Leave the frames as they are, and allow the brood to emerge above the queen excluder, but remember the most important thing is to make sure the queen is in the brood box and not still in the super. If you find her on one of the super frames, simply lean the frame against the top bars of the brood frames and chase her gently down into the brood box, add the queen excluder and pop the super back on top. Spring cleaning can be carried out at this time too, removing old floors, brood boxes and crime boards can really help in reducing the pest and disease loading in a colony. I would wait for a few more weeks before removing those old frames though. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, if they have food in them, these frames could be hugely important to keeping the colony alive. At this time of the year, the bees are likely to be going through food stores fairly quickly, so removing frames with food in them isn't a good idea. Some of you will be receiving nucleus colonies and these may be your very first bees. It's an exciting time and there are a few things you can do to make sure your new bees get off to a great start. Make sure you have your hive stand and apiary location all set up and ready to go. You will need to feed the nucleus colony once it's moved into the full size hive so make sure you have syrup ready for them. I recommend the Appy Mix Syrup with Added Vitamins from Modern Beekeeping. I've been really impressed with how the bees build up on it ever since starting to try it a few years ago. I always hold stock of it now. It's so versatile. You should have full written instructions with your nuke about how to transfer them across into their new home. If you're not sure you're getting these, ask the question of the person selling the bees to you. Don't be in a rush to move the bees into their new home they'll be quite happy orientating themselves to their new location for a few days or even weeks if it's particularly cold in their nuke. It's so much easier for a nuke to keep warm while it's still in its nuke box than if you've moved them into a hive twice the size. It's like moving from a one-bedroom flat into a two-bedroom house and suddenly having to heat a lot more space. It's costly. And for the bees, this means cost in terms of food and energy expended. Once you do make the decision to move the bees across to their new home, make sure the frames go in the brood box in the same position as they were in the nuke box. Get a feeder on them and feed continuously until the bees have drawn comb on all of the frames and are working on the outside of the outermost frames. I have a video on YouTube showing exactly this process, As if I were a first year beekeeper, inspecting the colony throughout the first year and taking off a super of honey in the late summer. If you look at my YouTube channel, it's in a playlist called Getting Started 2017. Watch this a few times to really get a feel for what you have to do to have a great start and hopefully a successful first season. Looking at my own workload for the coming week, it's all about frames. Well, mostly about frames. A little bit of stand making in there as well. I'm really grateful to our suppliers of wax foundation, that's Maysmore Bees and Modern Beekeeping. We had stock arrived this week, and of course, I've left it way too late again this season. I do like the smell of fresh wax foundation and the last minute panic that ensues, but the bees will also love the smell of the fresh foundation and they will go to work on it super fast when they have those two vital ingredients that I keep banging on about. Lots of bees and lots of resources. I'm lucky to be able to get to the workshop to work and have myself, Steph and Pete working. Although we're travelling separately now, and in the workshop we have at least two metres distance from each other during this difficult time. With any luck, we'll have a lot of freshly fitted frames to go out onto the oilseed rape for next weekend. Remember the forecast is for colder weekend weather so be patient, sit on your hands and keep away from your smoker and hive tools. It's looking as if the warmer weather will be with us in about 10 days or so and then it will be all systems go. Remember for those of you who haven't entered the competition yet there's still time but only just. The final date for entries is next Tuesday the 31st of March. over to the podcast page on my website where you can check out the details for entry. Well that's it for this week. Stay safe and remember to keep your distance. Have a great beekeeping week and please do remember to check out my Patreon page where you can access lots more content. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet.